Welcome to The Love Coach. We are your hosts, Jay and Lily. Hopeless romantics, psychology geeks, certified hypnotherapists, and NLP practitioner. Join us weekly as we share thought-provoking ideas on love, life, and success, and have honest conversations about what it means to create deeper connection and fulfillment in your life. Whether your goal is to find true love, improve your self-esteem, or simply open your mind to new learnings, we are here to inspire positive change. So sit back, relax, and get ready for your next dose of TLC coming right up. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Love Coach. We are so glad that you're here, ready and willing to learn. We love so much all of the support, all of the messages, the DMs, the emails coming through, asking questions, sharing feedback. Thank you so much. We would love for you to go ahead and rate and review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Go ahead, give us a five-star rating if you enjoy the show. Any sort of support you can give from a review point of view helps us get our message out there more. So please take the time. It would mean the absolute world to us. Shall we dive into today's topic? Let's. We've got a really fun, exciting topic that a lot of people have been wanting to know all about. (laughs) What are we talking about today, Lily? We have decided to finally share our story, (laughs) but we're not just going to be talking about ourselves for 30 minutes. We will be sharing some key lessons because we think that a lot of things went right in our relationship. And of course you have to be compatible and attract to each other, but there are so many things that could have gone wrong. So we just want to point out the things that went right and have some key lessons for you guys to take home. Yeah. So we want to talk about how to find your ideal lover, your ideal partner. We're going to base it on a real life love story. Yeah. I'm looking at her right now. (laughs) So I guess the story starts back in 2018. For those of you who have been following after a while, you know that this love story kind of popped that out of the blue. A lot of people were like, what? Huh? Lily? where? You're in Australia? How come? Uh, It's just like these brain farts that were going on as people were trying to catch up to what was going on. Before we dive into how we actually met and the dynamics of that, give like a really quick synopsis of where you were in your life. You're in London at the time. What was going on? Yeah. So it was December, 2018. November. December. There you go. She's right. December. Or maybe it was last day of November. I'm not sure. (laughs) I think it depends where in the world you were. End of 2018. (laughs) It doesn't matter. I was living in London. I just came out of a semi long term relationship. With a bad boy. With a bad boy. He's not going to be listening to this, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> he might be, you know. Oh, be weird. Sorry, that threw me off. Yeah, so I had traveled the world. I had spent two years just modeling. I lived in Australia, in South Africa, I had traveled in Europe, and I just started my degree in London in psychology. Why did you go to London? What was it about studying in English that really kind of turned you on? I just felt like it would open up more doors for me. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing wrong with studying in German, obviously. Mm. But I don't know. I didn't really feel like living in Germany. I wanted to live somewhere else. So really, I wanted to live in Australia. Well, that's what your mum said to me. One time when we were in your hometown of Kiel, you're on a job and your mum and I were discussing in very broken English German how she thought the reason why you wanted to study in a British English speaking course was because you really wanted to be in Australia. That was your sort of long-term goal. 
Yeah, I don't think that was a conscious decision. I think that was probably more She was aware of it though. Yeah, well, my mum is just the smartest woman in the world. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I was thinking about Australia every day because I'd spent seven months here. Absolutely fell in love with the mentality, the lifestyle, the people, the weather, obviously. And that wasn't really happening for me because it's so hard to get a visa and studying here is so expensive and they really don't make it easy for non-Australians to come in. Okay, so you settled. You were in London. You took second best. Look at you settle shaming me. (laughs) No, she didn't. She absolutely was going after her dream. It just wasn't the way she kind of wanted or thought. Yeah, and I had a great time in London, Mm. but I'm very much a beach girl at heart and I love good weather. And Mm. at the end of those two years in London, I really felt like, oh, this is not really where I want to be. I Mm. just want to be in Australia. I was thinking about it every day. And you told me something interesting not that long ago that when you first started your course at what uni? King's College. King's College. They were talking about second year something. Yeah, they would always say, oh, in third year, this will happen and that will happen. And everyone was freaking out already because third year is so stressful. And And you had like this internal intuition that said, that doesn't apply to me because I'm not going to be here. Yeah, I was always thinking, oh, well, I won't be here. And I didn't know why. It made no sense. But I just, yeah, I always thought I won't be here for it. Okay, so fate was tugging on your heart. You already felt at some level a pull towards Australia or somewhere not in London. You were single. You'd spend a lot of time by yourself in that sense of getting back to the core of who it is you really are and wanted to become. Yeah. And I had been in two long-term relationships that have really taught me a lot. They taught me what I want, what I don't want. And I had been with a nice guy who treated me so well. And Mm. then I was also with a bad boy. Did he treat you as well? No. At the beginning, yes, but not at the end. But I felt like neither of them was good for me. And I thought I want someone who is both and not just in the sense of nice guy, bad boy, also in other things. Like I thought I want someone who's spiritual, but I don't want someone who's like complete hippie Mm. or I I don't want a party boy, but I also don't want someone who's not sociable. Mm. And I was, I was wondering, I was like, does this man even exist? (laughs) And I'd been on a few dates and they were nice men, but I just wasn't feeling like they were my guy. And I remember I said to my best friend and flatmate, Kelly, (laughs) I said to her, I just want to meet my soulmate. I want to find someone who I bounce off with, someone who I just have so much chemistry with, someone who I feel like shares all my values Mm. and someone I just click with. And I said, I'm not going to just date for the sake of it. I find dating when you're not really into it really awkward. I don't like it. That's what really intrigues me about you is your level of wisdom and connection to this deeper sense of self. Because you're a young woman, it's not like you're another, I don't want to say an age because I don't want to bracket people into young or old, but you have such an internal sense of wisdom that governs your existence, your decisions. How do you think you created that? Where did that come from? I think modeling made me grow up a lot. Mm. Because you've been modeling since the age of what, 16? Yeah. And I spent a lot of time traveling by myself, living by myself, not so much living, but like being in hotel rooms by myself and yeah, like getting on that plane by myself. And I remember when I did my first work trip, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be so alone. Like, is this what I want to be doing? And I was really scared. But then once I did it, I was like, no, like I'm fun to hang out with. I don't mind it. That's one of the lessons that I've learned in myself as well is learning to be okay with yourself Yeah, and be alone, quote unquote, on your own adventure. And it's freaking scary when you step into new places. I remember I was in Canada for a period of time, knew no one, 
and was going through some transformative type things in my life and really challenging a number of things. And it was really hard to be lonely alone. Without being lonely. Without being lonely yeah. and also being okay with that and, and leaning into that discomfort. So yeah. I salute you for that because it's not an easy thing to do. So true. And I must say that most models that I know are very mature for their age. I mustn't have dated the right models because I've dated a couple of them right. and they weren't mature. Maybe I just picked the right friends. <laughs> so maybe my friends are all just mature. I, I will say that your friends who are models are absolutely stunning, beautiful women. Yeah, but even the ones who aren't models, I feel like everyone who's traveled, everyone has lived by themselves. And yeah, I think I would say all of my friends have done that and they're all very mature and... I think that's what it takes, traveling, being around new people, rediscovering yourself. That's really what happened when I came to Australia. I rediscovered myself Yeah. because that was my first trip overseas. All right, that's enough of an intro because we're never actually going to dive into the juicy details that everybody wants to hear. So you were there, you were single, you were available, not necessarily looking pursuantly, but open to and really looking for that connection of a soulmate. 2018 for me was very much a year of culmination, a lot of work prior to that. I got my business to a point where I was traveling around the world. I'd worked myself out of a location in the sense I could do and run my company from anywhere. And I, at the end of an amazing year, doing a full cycle in myself, 360, came back to a point where I was like, okay, I'm ready to nest. I'm ready to come back, not settle, but I'm ready to root myself down. Settle down. In the sense, yeah. yeah. And I had I this like kind of- feel like it's a bad word now. Well, yeah, we shouldn't <laughs> be worried about it, but I think <laughs> it's the intention behind it. So I, I was ready to come back and really just plant myself into a space, reconnect, get back into a routine, et cetera. And I was ready for love in the sense of having that amazing connection, shared life experience with somebody else. I had not had that experience in the dating years before that. I dated some amazing women, but not the connection I was looking for. Fast forward to the end of 2018, I just go back from LA and a photo pops up on my Instagram of these gorgeous girls at a Christmas party with a mutual friend who I'd met at a course in LA. And I inboxed that friend, I was like, Dang, I was like, who that girl on the left or the right? Which one I can't remember. <laughs> Middle. Middle. <laughs> I can't remember go. either. All she said was, bombshells attract bombshells, Jay. <laughs> so I was left wondering, but super intrigued. I was like, this woman is stunning. And I know a lot of you are like, okay, what's unique about that? You know, a lot of guys might get, you know, turned on by the side of a woman who's beautiful, whatever it is. But for me, I had been on a mission for about 18 to 20 months. I'd had a dream in the beginning part of 2017 where I saw, I met, I interacted with this girl, with this woman in my dream who I could not see her face. I did not know who she was, but all I remembered was the intimate feeling of how I felt in my body interacting with her. And as crazy as this sounds, when I saw a picture of Lily, I was like, Ooh, I feel something. But I didn't act on it. I didn't reach out to her. I followed her. That was it. Yeah, because our friend hadn't actually tagged me, which is why you I did a tried bit of to find investigation. out. But luckily I commented on the photo. You did comment something lovely and I followed you. You did not follow me back. And another funny detail is I remember oh right, sorry. <laughs> She's like, yeah. No. No, I didn't follow back because I was thinking about moving to Australia all the time anyway. And then I saw your photo pop up and I was thinking, I'm not going to entertain this thought. There's just going to be torture for me. No, no, no. I've got my life in London. I'm going to be good. So gentlemen, when you follow a woman on Instagram, be fully aware that she knows you followed her. 
Girls are always looking. I shouldn't just generalize like that, but people are aware. Yeah. Don't, don't lose heart. If Unless she's got a million followers, then she won't see you. Perhaps. <laughs> okay, so I follow you and then seven days go past where I kind of like not even been aware of you. I'd forgotten about you in the sense that I wasn't really on Instagram that much. But then almost a week to the day later, I'm sitting in bed, scrolling at nighttime. Yes, I know I shouldn't be doing that. And I was kind of like, just like, do I reach out to this girl or not? I was like, no, nah, I'm just going to unfollow her. She's in London. I'm in Sydney. What's the point? Like, I don't want to live there. She's not coming here. This is like fantasy. Boom, let's delete. And then I just happened to have this little feeling in my tummy. I was like, no, don't. Look at her story. So I opened up her story. And here was this girl in the back of a taxi with her good friend, Eva, from Canada. And they were tipsy and they were going to some Christmas do and they were singing along to Mariah Carey, All oh, I, I Want for Christmas, Christmas Is You. And I had instantaneous feels, all the butterflies. I was like, oh my goodness, I got to meet this girl. There's <laughs> something about her essence, her spirit that I absolutely freaking love. And I want to know what is it that makes me so attracted to her. So then that night when I was going to sleep, I again looked over her page. I looked at who she was. I took note. And men, if you're doing this, if you want to reach out, make an approach, if you want a woman to know that you see them, not their beauty, they get commented on their beauty a number of times a day. They know that men are attracted to them, right? In essence, I'm, no, I'm generalizing again. Look at her, find something unique about her, whether it's her energy or where she's from or what she's into. I noticed that she was German, even though she didn't have it in her profile. And I was like, I speak German. Perfect. So I reached out and I said, Hola, chica, bist du Deutsch? <laughs> yeah. And that's really what got my attention initially. And it's not just that women get told all the time that they're beautiful. It's also just that we find those guys creepy. Mm. What is it about that, though, that you find creepy? Because we're being objectified. And like, what does that mean for someone to say, hey... They don't, they're not even saying you're beautiful. They're saying you look beautiful in your photos. Your image looks beautiful. Yeah. yeah. And we know anyone could be editing photos these days. So it actually doesn't mean anything. So as a woman, I'm, I'm really keen to know, is that a bit of a, not a turn off, but yes. do you kind of put up, it is a bit of a wall in the yeah. sense? Yeah. Yeah. Because you're being objectified. And I think what I loved about you was that you found out that I'm German, although it didn't say so in my bio. Mm. And that tickled my intrigue. And that was enough in that situation. Just to get my intrigue. And then I saw that our mutual friend followed you. I asked her about you and she was saying that she spent two or three weeks with you doing that course and that you're so funny and intelligent and amazing and this and that. But hadn't you sent me a message that was different, I would have never even asked her about you because I would have just, with thought. yeah, I would have not even reacted to it at all. Yeah. So I woke up the next day to a simple response. And to be honest with you, I was like, okay, She's responded, big deal. Like it doesn't mean anything yet. And right around that time, Instagram had just introduced voice messaging. So you had the capacity to send a minute voice long message. Instagram, if you're listening, please extend that. It's <laughs> yes. so annoying. Catch up to WhatsApp, please. So we were chatting and I know that we had a bit of banter, a bit of play at the start. And I really wanted to know what Lily sounded like. I was super intrigued to know what is it about this girl, this woman on the other side of the world that had absolutely captured my intrigue and attention. There's plenty of beautiful women everywhere. I live in Sydney, right? But this woman here had caught my attention. And so we started to dialogue. We started to chat. We started to send voice messages. And 
very quickly we knew that there was something there without even saying it, without even having an expectation of what it was. Did you feel anything when we were, you know, the initial stages of our chat? Yeah, definitely. At the beginning, I think I was just thinking, who is this guy? Why is he so confident? What does he want from me? And what is so intriguing about him? Hmm. And then you asked me to send you a voice message because you wanted to check my German to see that I don't sound like your grandma, (laughs) who is German, was. And I sent you a voice message and I was so sick. So my voice was really husky. It was super sexy. I'm still a little bit sick now. I don't know if you can hear that. I'm a bit nasal. And then I think I got you to send me one back in German. And it was pretty funny. And then there was another voice message, which you deleted later on. Shock horror. That's because I sent something in German, like a long voice message in German. And And I I hadn't spoken German for a long time. I learned it in school. I'd lived there for a while. So I can speak it and understand it. But it was rusty. I was like, "Ah, I don't know if I wanted to hear that. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Because I had only listened to voice messages in English from you. And then you sent me one in German. I was at uni. I was giving some sort of presentation. And I was saving this voice message until I came home. And I got home and the voice message was gone because he had unsent it. And I said, do you know, why didn't you unsend it? I was looking forward to this so much. But that was a turning point for me because not that I did it to test her, but it was like she confirmed to me in that moment, no, I'm interested in you, Jay. Yeah, I I was looking forward to that. I was savoring that till the end of my day where I could hear it properly. And I was like, okay, that's a turning point. So fast forward, and we're not going to go into all the details, all the conversations, but fast forward to about day 10 of our interaction. Jay, with all of his brilliant, crazy ideas that he often comes up with, very creative, (laughs) love to think outside the box. I was like, I want to meet this girl. There's something in my body that aligns so inherently, so truly with the way I felt in that dream. And to be honest, was almost measuring all the interactions I had in between that dream until when we met. I dated a lot of lovely, beautiful women, but just not had that feeling. And I had that feeling with you. I was like, I need to know. I'm like, I'm not going to settle. I need to know what is it about this woman that I that makes me so intrigued. Mm-hmm. So on day 10, what did I ask you? You asked me to come to Australia. Crazy idea. Yeah, and I said, no. I said, I can't. I've got uni. I've got this. I've got that. And I said, I don't. I was fully in head mode. Don't give me an answer straight away. Sleep on it. World's <laughs> worst piece of advice for someone who's an overthinker. Yes. Did you get any sleep? No, not for five days. And I was thinking, it's very smart of you to say, don't give me an answer yet, although I had already given you one. And that was not an answer. That was your ego responding. That really wasn't the core of who you were. That was your protective mechanism saying, "Yeah, no, I don't my want to engage this. My logical brain. This is not real. You're a player. Get out of my space. Yeah, it was definitely my logical brain. And then I couldn't sleep for five days. I was going through all the different possibilities. I was thinking, what if he is going to steal me? And what if he's a creep? And what if this is just what he does to get girls into his Yeah, home do it all the time. And- Invite all the people around the world. To I mean, I couldn't me. really know other than the <laughs> fact that we had a mutual friend. That's true. I had no, I didn't know who you were. You could have just, it could have all just been a facade. Well, it was a ballsy proposition. Yes. It was a ballsy proposition in the sense that I was willing to put my all out there and say, hey, this is what I want. I wasn't afraid to express my desire. And I think I see a lot of people in dating and in life holding back like their true desires Mm-hmm. and really not going after 100% because they want to play a little safe. Yeah, because they're scared of rejection. 100%. But that's the cool thing. I was never afraid of rejection because how could you reject me when you didn't even know me? 
Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like at this stage, we were having so much fun with our interaction. There was so much natural chemistry and amazing chat and communication. The conversation flowed effortlessly. We knew there was something unique and special about our connection. No, I know. I think because it was still so early on, I was just giving myself a bit of a reality check. Mm-hmm. You know, I was like, what are you doing? You don't know him. Yes, you might be feeling excited by his messages, but come on, girl, you have to protect yourself a little bit. And then I was also going to the other end of the spectrum of possibilities. What if I fall in love with this guy and he completely turns my life upside down? Which is funny because I never actually went to an outcome. I just went to... No, you went there like the week before I flew here. Yeah, because I never asked you with any ulterior motive other than I like you, I want to get to know you. And I think, do you know what? The basis of a great relationship is waking up every day and saying, I like this person and I want to see them again. Yeah. That's the best indication. Obviously, there's multiple indications, but in terms of getting into your body and just really honoring like what is it that you really want out of life? And when I saw you, it's not that I wanted you. I just wanted to express my desire and the truth of who I was Mm. in that moment. And you guys, she said yes. And I remember when I said yes and why, because we were on the phone for about two hours. I was walking my friend's dog and you asked me so many questions. And one of them was, are you more of a head or heart person? Mm. I thought, I love this. No one's ever asked me this. And we were chatting about it. And I I remember that conversation so well. Yeah. And I said how I'm both. And we were just sharing so many stories. And I just, I remember thinking, wow, this guy thinks like me. It's like someone copy and pasted our brains. Right. Different sides of the world, different upbringings, like different cultures, language. And yet we had such a compatibility of values. And the thing that I loved most about that time in getting to know you, and we had a number of weeks after that time when I invited you to come to Australia, was that I got to know your your heart. I got to know your mind. I got to really fall in love with your essence. Even though we didn't say those words, I really got to know you for you without any games, without any physicality, without any blurring of chemicals because of the rush that we get when sex is involved or the other emotions, et cetera. Yeah. And I think sometimes people get together because there's so much lust and chemistry and then afterwards they realize there's no compatibility incompatible but when you get to know someone properly without or before going into all the physicalities the physicalities can't mask your compatibility and i think that was really special i think it was special and unique because it's hard to replicate that in modern day dating yeah i mean obviously you got the dating apps where you can get to know someone but really the point of the dating app is just to connect and you're supposed to meet up in person yeah and if you and i had lived in the same place we wouldn't have waited 10 weeks to no, see each other not. in person of course not but i look back and i'm just so damn thankful for the opportunity that i had to get to really know you because yeah. there were challenges in that courtship not only the distance but we do have a bit of an age gap between us and culturally and a whole bunch of things that both of us had to sit with. Mm. But really what we honored and I'm so grateful we did was what we wanted in the sense of saying yes to life and living our edge. We talked about this in episode number one where, you know, both of us were willing to be vulnerable, transparent, authentic and go to the edge of our comfort zone. I mean, this girl, guys, she flew 17,000 kilometers on a freaking plane for a blind date that lasted two weeks. Get that into your head. Like I've dated girls here in Sydney who had said yes to a coffee date and then not rocked up (laughs) or cancelled. Like such is the 
integrity of your decision. And I'm so glad that you took time. I, I didn't expect you to say yes or no right then and there, even though yeah. initially you're like, what? This is crazy. Yeah. I remember saying to you that this was either going to be the world's worst blind date in the history of mankind, like the biggest flop. Yes. Or it was going to be the start of something magical that we can tell our kids one day. Yeah, so true. And I just wanted to say one thing about what we said before about getting to know each other's minds and yeah, really tuning into your values and the other person's values. And I think people can do that even though they're dating in real life. Mm, It's just think about what if I stripped away the kissing, the chemistry, the sex? Like, Do I like talking to this person? Do we have great conversations? Are they caring? Like you don't have to get rid of all of that, but you can just strip that away in your mind and really tune in. Be completely aware of those laws that operate, laws of attraction, laws of polarity. We touched on this in episode number two, Mm -hmm. why certain people are drawn together magnetically, even outside of compatibility. Yeah. So get really to the core of who it is you are in the essence of your values, the things like Lily said, that are really you, who you're looking for, your essence. But then also understand the laws that operate. And guys, if you want a woman to feel you, if you want her to be magnetically drawn to you, you got to stop playing games. You've got to show up as you are, which means don't hide your insecurities. Don't hide the parts of yourselves that you don't yet love or appreciate. We've all got that. And yet society teaches us to live behind a mask, an ego of self-preservation that says, this is who I have to be to be that image for the other person. So true. Show up as you are. Nothing will turn a woman on more. I'm generalizing here, but I'm speaking from a man's point of view. Then coming in with authenticity, with vulnerability of this is who I am. This is the good. This is the in-between. This is the bad. Without vomiting on her, like let her just feel your presence. But then discover you. Yeah, just stepping into your masculine. The thing that I love so much was that I was able to penetrate you from afar. Yeah. You felt the core of my essence. Yeah. The polarity of this is who I am. And that's what really made me interested. And I think as well, it's so important to show up as you are and as who you are because if you're pretending to be someone else, sooner or later in a relationship, the other person's going to find out what you really oh like. Oh my goodness, so true. It's no, there's no point hiding it. I've been in situations where I've met people, friendships or romantic And then you get a few weeks in and it's like, hang on, this is not lining up. Yeah. There's an alignment of integrity that's not matching up with who you have presented yourself to be. Yeah. Waste of time really for everyone. Waste of time. But let's get into what happened when I got here. So you jumped on that plane. Yeah. We were getting ready for this momentous occasion and both of us were fully aware that although we had this amazing connection and we'd committed to each other, we weren't seeing anyone else from pretty much day 10 or 12 or whatever it is. We knew that although we had this amazing connection that the last piece to this puzzle was, was us physically meeting. Talk me through, what was it like landing into Sydney, Australia? You'd spent 24 hours on the plane. You'd been freaking out, thinking out, whatever it is. How are you feeling in that moment? I remember when I was at London Heathrow at the airport, I was just so excited. I called you. I couldn't wait. And I was thinking, finally, the moment has come. And then on the plane, I started getting a bit nervous. I was trying to distract myself with a uni assignment. And I was also chatting a lot to the person next to me. So I was totally trying to distract myself. And then I got to Sydney and I was at immigration 
and I had to wait for an hour because it took so long and I'd message you and you were already there. So I knew you were on the other side of that wall, like 50 meters away. Yeah, probably in the bathroom. I think I did like three nervous wheeze. (laughs) (laughs) And that's when I got really nervous because I was thinking it's actually happening. Yeah, this was like D-Day. This was the moment of, are we a perfect match? Exactly, because the risk that comes with just knowing each other mentally and not physically is when we meet, will there be... That chemistry, chemistry urge. Yeah, I get it. Do I like the way you kiss me? Do I like the way you smell? She did. <laughs> yeah. In case you're wondering. I didn't kiss Sm- her at the airport. Smell is very big. Smell is a huge thing for her, the pheromones, etc. She's always sniffing my neck and my pillow. <laughs> <laughs> she loves it. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> um, but we, so we met in the airport and I didn't kiss her there and then because that moment in itself, I wanted to honor. Like it was such a huge moment, you guys. Like meeting the potential love of your life for the very first time as strangers. I mean, our bodies were strangers. We'd known each other for 10 weeks. But as we got to the car, I gently grabbed her by the car, but she had scurried around because she realized she was on the wrong side of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'd lived in London Although for two years. she lived in London. I don't know where she, Made no she sense. was. But um, when we got in the car, I, I remember sort of sitting in my energy and just going, okay, I need her to feel me. I want her to feel safe, but I also want her to feel that the reason why she's here is not to be my friend. Yeah, it would have been very awkward if you had waited until the end of yeah. the day to kiss me. Yeah. yeah. So I reached across in the car and we had a passionate embrace. But the thing that got me the most is when we're driving out of the car park, she put her hand on the back of my neck and started like just gently caressing my neck as we're driving. I was like, oh my goodness, this girl is the one. <laughs> It was such a key moment. Like I just felt so at home, that feeling that I'd felt in that dream all those months ago and then to meet you but then meet you and feel the alignment in my soul, my spirit, my body was like, it was very homecoming. Yeah. Tell me about day one. How was that? We went for a walk on the beach and got a coffee. That was the first thing we did. I and grabbed her hand. I was like, guys, she's with me. This exactly. Is my place. And I thought that was so sweet because we were in your space, we were in your mm. world, and you mm. were already showing the world I'm with this girl. Yeah. And in Bondi, you bump into like 10 people when you're at the beach. Yeah, it's, it's not like, it's it's not like you can go out and not see anyone. And I thought that was so sweet because, yeah, from the first moment, you were very much like, hey, world, this girl's with me. I was so freaking ready to not show you off to the world in the sense of like a trophy or anything like that. But I was so freaking proud to share with the world the journey we'd been on because no one had known about this publicly in a sense, apart from our friends, nothing yeah. on Instagram. And then all of a sudden, here we were, lovers united. And I was like, this People is... would have thought, where did this girl pop up from? Yeah, where did she from? pop up? Like ma- male bride from Germany. <laughs> <laughs> but we had the most amazing... Ordered her on the internet. <laughs> yeah, right. We had the most amazing first date. She was kind of still grounding and, and landing from the jet lag and, and all that sort of stuff. We had... I was in a different atmosphere. I was like, what is going on? Yeah, the tension, the chemistry that was between us was <sighs> palatable, crazy. yeah. yeah life-changing and the two weeks that we had together were probably the best two weeks of my life to date in terms of traveling around Australia here in Sydney, spending time together, meeting my parents, going to Adelaide, going to Melbourne, meeting Meeting friends, meeting Duke, the the start of a wonderful union where on day three, you guys, she looked at me in the eyes and she said, I think you're my soulmate. And just like that, you could have heard a pencil drop. I was like, (laughs) 
what? Like, how do you know? I love that she said that, but I'd never had someone be so authentically transparent without kind of like, I'm going to marry you and have kids. It was just like, this is what I'm feeling in my core and I'm going to express that. And such is the authenticity of our communication and love. Like day five, I told you that I loved you. Like actually was able to say that and embrace that. Afterwards, I ran into a glass door. She was so mesmerized. Because the cleaners were there that day (laughs) and the glass door was very clean and I was so excited. And usually the door was always open on the balcony and I ran into it. So I grew a huge horn on my head. It was so cute. We had so many little fun moments like that karaoke in the car. And when it came time for her to leave after two weeks, the most magical two weeks ever, we both knew that we were 100% committed. Yeah, I started crying like five days before I even left. So halfway through. I remember. Mm. And then the rest, as they say, is history. I went to London to be with her for five weeks. We traveled around, met her family, spent time there with family, friends, etc. France. So good. Came back to Australia, packed up my things, went on a one-way expedition back to London. I do not like London as a place to live. I love visiting it. I mean, it's just not aligned with my values in terms of what I want out of life. But I went there with a one-way mission and that was to completely commit to giving our relationship the space that it needed, the time that it needed for us to really explore Yeah, because we were exploring if I could come to Australia, how it would work with a visa in my studies. Luckily, we ended up here. Mm. But yeah, you gave us the option of staying in London. And I think that was really helpful. I was completely committed. I I was willing to give my all to the relationship. Mm. And I think that takes guts for both of us. And I think anyone listening will know that if you've been in a situation where you've given your all and you've had your heart broken, and I've had that before... My heart has been broken. Love is freaking risky. But do you know what? It's freaking magical. And I'm not saying that you should just say yes to everything that pops up. But if you know in your core that when an opportunity arises that challenges you and scares you, but also entices you and you can feel that urge to want to say yes, be willing to step up. I have a saying that says when the opportunity arises, you're up for the challenge. You're ready. Mm -hmm. So say yes to those moments that present themselves and just know that yes, love is risky. But do you know what? Being alone- It's even riskier. It is. It's painful. Yeah. It's If you're looking to share a life with someone, being alone is challenging. Yeah. Without being risky and putting yourself out there, you won't find love. And it is a risk that you have to take, but I think it's so worth it. Let's summarize today- by giving a few key takeaways. Now, guys, obviously there's so much we could talk on in terms of lessons. We might even like do a PDF download. You can look at the things we learned on our journey to meeting each other. And obviously love is not a science, but there are a lot of things that you can do right. Success always leaves clues. And I think if you can look in your own life for the keys, the clues that can give you that pathway forward or you can look to other people, you can always learn, you can always apply. So number one, this is crucial. Understand and live from your core values in the order of importance that brings you the most fulfillment. Never, ever, ever, ever compromise or change who it is you are to please someone else. The reason being is that you'll lose yourself to keep someone else. That's that you, really powerful. You might not even like in years to come. So understand your core values and really start to embody them, live from that place. And you need to be aware of your standards and 
find someone who meets those standards and don't compromise on these either. But on the flip side, you also have to ask yourself, what can I bring to a relationship? Yeah. And increase your personal worth or value as a person. Yeah, ask yourself, am I interesting? Do I have a lot to offer? And ways to do that is you can read, you can educate yourself on new things, you can do self-development, you can do new activities, just make yourself interesting. Yeah. Number three, be willing to step outside your box, your comfort zone. Challenge the identity of your past. I'll say that again. Challenge the identity of your past by focusing on who it is you're becoming. That's always going to require all of us to step outside of what we currently know. So be willing to step outside your box. Yeah. And number four is create a love list with as many features on there about your future lover as possible. Jay did this. He listened to a podcast about how to manifest your ideal lover. We'll be sharing that on I'll Instagram. drop the link in the comment section. Yeah. So he did this about a month before we met. Yep. And he was so detailed. He wrote down everything in such fine detail. And then he put the list away. We met two weeks later. No, two months later, I think you found the list and you said, oh my God, Lily, I found this list and it yeah. is you. The key thing was it wasn't just like physical attributes. It was personality, values, all those things. And it completely aligned with the feeling that yeah. I had in myself. A little hint, if you guys don't want to do long distance the way that we did, don't forget to write yeah, on the list country? where she lives or where he lives. <laughs> Although I don't that's regret we that. Wrong. No, I don't regret that no. because I have a beautiful woman. I love Germany. I speak German. It's in my blood. But we were joking about this. Yeah, true. When we were, while we were apart. It's pretty funny. Number five, live authentically. Play with life, but don't play games. Be willing to be vulnerable. Be willing to live to your edge in the sense of just be authentic. Show up yeah. as you are. Don't show up as a presentation of who you think you need to be. Be willing enough to realize that if they're going to accept you as you are and love you as you are, why the heck would you want to show up as somebody else? Yeah, and you touched on this. Also, be vulnerable. Show the other person that you're interested because if you don't and if they don't, the relationship doesn't progress. And we mentioned this earlier about me saying to Jay that I was so upset about the fact that he deleted that voice message. Yeah. And that was a moment where you realized she's actually interested. It was such a small thing, but, but significant it was key. Yet when you're being vulnerable, it's very important to look out for red flags and don't ignore them because yeah. you don't want to have your heart Listen broken. Listen to your gut. It's crucial. Yeah. Hey guys, we are so grateful you joined us on today's episode. Be sure to email us, DM us, follow us at thelovecoach underscore on Instagram. And in the meantime, always remember... Love is the basis for everything.